Verse 25 here in Colossians 1 as we finish up this chapter. And it's really simple, and you can see it. And last week, if you were with us, we looked at the mission that we're on. And that mission is very clear. It's the gospel. It's Christ crucified, him alone for the remission of sin. It's not a Baptist thing. It's not a Presbyterian thing. It's not a Lutheran thing. It's not a Catholic thing. It's not an Episcopalian thing. It's not a non-denominational thing. It's not a cultural thing. It's not a racial thing. There is nothing in this passage that says anything other than Jesus Christ alone is the mission of the church. We're to preach the gospel. We're to make Jesus known so that people can understand how much he loves them and they can be then brought into the kingdom by believing on his name and receiving that salvation which is rich and free and comes by grace through faith. That's our mission. And so now he says, look how how we're going to apply this verse 25, of which I became a minister. Now I want you to understand, people often think that someone who's a minister is a professional in the work of the ministry. That's not what the Bible says. There are those who are pastors and teachers and elders, and there are some of us who are in ministry full-time, but every last person who has named the name of Jesus Christ is in ministry. So every one of you is a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's not a job that's just for me as a pastor or the assisting pastor or the pastoral staff or even the staff of the church. You all are ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So to be on mission, we take the gospel message wherever we go. So passing out backpacks is doing ministry and putting out the mission. And giving away food is doing ministry and getting on mission. Being here, ministry, doing the mission that we've been called to do. Everywhere you go, whether you're in school, you go to school, you're on mission. You're doing ministry. They're in the workplace. You're on mission, doing ministry. Don't confine the mission and the ministry to this building. If you do, you miss the point. We are always on duty. And we are always on mission, and you are all in the ministry. And so he begins, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God, which was given to me for you. And so he makes a statement. He says, look, I've been called by God to this group of people. I'm going to stay on task. I'm going to present the gospel in a way that they can understand it. And he uses the word stewardship, very important word for us. It really means economy very often translated the word dispensation. But what it means is the stuff that we have, the message we have, the mission we're on is actually not ours, it's his. And we are to take good care of it. We're to be on mission because he sent us on that mission. And everything that you have and everything that you are actually belongs to him. Your purposes are dictated then by the Lord because you are simply a steward of the things of God. All your time, your talent, and your treasure actually belong to him. And you are on a mission to preach the gospel and thereby you're in ministry. You see, that does away with all the barriers 
Notice it doesn't say there's a different mission for this group of people or that group of people or this race or that race or this denomination or that denomination. It simply says that as saints, look where it goes, is given me for you to fulfill the word of God. In other words, from cover to cover, Genesis to Revelation, this is God's love letter to us. You can see the scarlet thread of redemption woven through the entirety of Scripture begins in the book of Genesis with Adam and Eve. They mess up. What does God do? He fixes their mess. He slaughters an innocent animal to cover them in animal skins to cover their sin. So it begins in Genesis. This is not a New Testament concept. The prophet Isaiah that we just read for communion is speaking of people who used to be in darkness who are now in light. And so he says, look, the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations is now revealed to his hagios, his saints, his set-apart ones, the ones who have received and believed, the ones who have named the name of Christ. You are all saints. That's not a stained glass window saint. That's someone who's set apart for the purpose of the gospel because you've been saved. You are all saints, every last one of you. If you're here and you're in Christ, you're a saint. But you see, the Old Testament saints were writing about it. Isaiah was writing about it. Daniel was writing about it. Moses was writing about it. But as D.L. Moody wisely said, he said that which was concealed in the Old Testament was revealed in the New Testament. And so what was kind of obscure, because the law was still in place, when grace came, everybody went, yes. Because I couldn't do it under the law, but under grace, the free gift, oh, now I can, I can, I can do this same thing in grace. And so he says, It's been revealed to the saints. And to them, God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this ministry among the Gentiles. You see, one day, praise God, because Romans 11 tells us so, all Israel will be saved. But right now, Jewish people still walking a little bit of unbelief, but they're going to see Messiah one day, and the Lord's going to make everybody one. Now, there was no more radically disbelieving groups in one another than those two groups, the Gentiles and the Jews. They had racial issues. They had financial issues. They had geographical issues. They just had issues. They were torn apart. I've made this mystery known. This is how it's going to work. That mystery was spoken to the Gentiles one day. And then he tells us what's going to happen. He tells us what he's going to do and how he's going to do it. You see this great mystery that reveals the fulfilled word of God that is revealed to all saints, that makes known to us the riches of his glory. Think about this. There's no condition here. It isn't if you're an American. It isn't if you're of one class of people or another class, whether you're rich or poor, whether you're of one race or another race, there's only one answer. Check it out. Which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. 
That's the answer. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. That is the mission. That is the ministry to bring the Word of God to bear in people's lives so that they understand who they are in Christ. They can receive His gift, which is free, salvation, be saved, and then walk in the hope that is in Him, the hope of glory. Amen? Think about it. Think about it. That's how we will solve what is wrong with our world. It's not going to be by the simple selection of a, of a new president. It's going to be when people come to faith in Christ and their hearts are transformed, their minds are renewed, they come to that place where they understand that only by God's grace and only through the one and only Savior of the world that all men can be reconciled by that peace that comes from knowing the Prince of Peace. It bridges every gap. Goes across every line. Which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And then he begins to wrap this chapter up. And remember, these chapters and verses are here for our benefit when used in the English language. This was a long letter. There was no breaks here. and There were no chapters and verses. But the thought is continued this way. He says, Him! Who? The one who is the center of the gospel. Jesus Christ who's Lord. Amen? Amen. Him! Not Baptist doctrine, Lutheran doctrine, Episcopalian doctrine, Catholic doctrine, Calvary Chapel style of ministry, not non-denominational churches that aren't like anybody else. None of that stuff. Him we preach. Him we Jesus we preach. Amen? Christ in us is the hope of glory. Not something that divides, not a man-made boundary, but Christ who unites by grace through faith. Him we preach. Warning every man. Why would there need to be a warning? Because there's only one Him we can preach. And Paul said, if you preach any other gospel, let that person be accursed in Galatians chapter 1. You see, the problem is, some people preach another Jesus. A Jesus that wants to divide, a Jesus that wants to harm, a Jesus that is only good for that group of people, that is not the Jesus that I know. If your Jesus isn't willing to accept all who will believe, then you have the wrong Jesus. And so he says, Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man, get this, in all wisdom that we may present every man, every man, every woman, every child, every tribe, every tongue, every nation, every color, every economic group, every everything, that we might present everyone. Amen? Amen? Everyone. This is the message of the cross. Perfect. In Christ Jesus, not perfect in some denomination, not perfect in your own little group, not perfect in a specific group of people, but perfect in Christ Jesus. Mission, ministry, here it is. 
present men saved by grace and through faith. Now they have hope, and that hope is eternal. We present them to the Lord, perfect in Christ Jesus. And now notice how Paul ends this. And it's so perfect because you can see the mission. It's the gospel. Backpacks, gospel. Food, gospel. Coffee shop, gospel. Bookstore, gospel. This church, gospel. Mission trip, gospel. It's the gospel because that's what saves men's souls. The hearing of the gospel. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We preach the word of God. We preach Christ crucified alone for the remission of sin. And when we do that, people get saved. They become saints. Then they have the hope that's within them. And that hope then puts them in the all, the everyman, the all wisdom. Perfect in Christ Jesus. He's not perfect in me. Not perfect in Calvary Chapel. Perfect in Christ. Amen? perfect in him. And he says in verse 29, I love this, to this end, please underline that, to this end, there's the mission, there's the ministry, there's the truth, there's the goal, to this end, I also labor striving. And that word in the Greek language is much deeper than that. It's agonizing as an Olympic athlete would beat his body into submission to be great. We're about to start the Olympics. You, you, you'll get to see some of the personal stories of the eight and the ten hours a day of training, the endless running, the endless stretching, the endless time in a tank full of ice, shrinking your muscles back down. I labor, I agonize to this end, I labor to this end. I'm striving to this end according to His working. His working. Not yours, not mine, not the church. His working. I strive to that end. Not to promote a building. Not to promote a style of ministry. Not to promote a type of worship. Certainly not to promote a person. To this end, the Lord Jesus Christ alone do I apply every bit of my effort to this mission and to this ministry, for it is His working which works within me, us mightily. Amen? Amen. That's why we're here. That's what we're doing. That's what the missions trips are about. That's what the building of churches is about. That's what the planting of churches is about. That's what we're doing through Pastor Tuvai in Wilmington. That's why we just came back from India. That's why we're going to Peru in a couple of weeks. That's why I'm leaving in a week and a bit to go minister to a group of pastors in Belize and then to another group in Bogota, Colombia, because Jesus Christ alone is the answer. Amen? To this end, I labor. To this end, as a church, we labor. To this end, this is the description of both our mission and our ministry. And so if you want a mission statement, here it is. Him we preach, warning every man, teaching every man in all wisdom, 
that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. Would you stand with me? The Lord is so gracious to us, so good to us. We get to spend time at his table. And I simply want to now offer an opportunity as we have all the other services today. The gospel message was just shared. And perhaps you came today and you want to know Jesus Christ is your personal Lord. He was just revealed to you, maybe through communion, perhaps through this short little 15 minutes of a message. But the truth is, there is no other name under heaven whereby men may be saved. And it is also true that at the name of Jesus, one day, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is in fact, with absolute, absolute purpose, that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And so I'm going to ask you as believers to bow your heads, close your eyes. And I simply want to make the opportunity available to anyone who came today and you're here and you don't know the Lord, but you want to know this Jesus who is our hope of glory. If that's you and you're here, would you just slip your hand up in the air where I can see it? We just want to make that, I see that hand. Praise the Lord. See that hand in the back too. Thank you, Jesus. Don't be ashamed. The Lord's not ashamed of you. He loves you. He died in your place on Calvary's cross to set you free. Just slip your hand up to where we can see it. We're not going to make you do it. I see that hand as well. I see this other hand. There's hands up all over the sanctuary. Again, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Salvation again has come to the house of the Lord. Put your hand up. It's not too late. Raise it. Thank you. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just another moment. If you want to pray with the rest of these, we're going to leave you standing right where you're at. And we're going to pray a prayer together. The other hands. Those that have just raised your hands, would you pray with me? The rest of the body, please bow your heads. Pray for these precious saints that are about to enter the kingdom of God. Those that raised their hands, just pray with me. And would you pray out loud? Just repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I admit that I'm a sinner. And I need a Savior. But I thank you that you, Jesus, came to this world to set me free that you died on Calvary's cross, that your blood has cleansed my sin, and that because of that, I can be a child of God. And I thank you for forgiving my sins, washing me and making me new. I offer my life to you, and I ask that you would use me for the rest of my days. Write my name in the Lamb's Book of Life, I will serve you with all that I have. It's in Jesus' name that we pray these things. Amen and amen. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the family of God. You, The angels are going crazy in heaven right now.